Welcome to Adventures of Captain Manicorn. This is episode 11. I'm your host, Sandra, a.k.a. Ladycorn, and I'm here with my co-host, Jamie, a.k.a. Captain Manicorn. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to podcast number 11. In this episode, Jamie talks about his first ever solo wingsuit base jump and having to overcome the fear of death that came along with it. And once he finally overcame it, what obstacle stopped him in his tracks, literally. I even talk about my own fears overcoming of his death and what comes along with him wingsuit base jumping. I'm standing 3,000 feet up. I'm literally feet, toes, inches from the cliff's edge. One mistake, if I fall forward, I, it's game on. My arms are, I have a wingsuit on, right? One of those squirrel suits that everybody's wearing, you know? And I've got my zippers down. I'm completely ready to go. I'm standing on the edge. I have, I'm wearing a helmet. So I put my visor down and I'm sitting there and I'm breathing. And the next thing you know, my visor completely fogs up. That's how heavy I'm breathing. Like I can feel it. I'm, I'm just, I'm, I'm scared. I'm looking down and it's not just a straight like drop. There's jagged rocks sticking out four to five feet. There's rocks to the right of me that are sticking out. It's intimidating. And I'm in this little gully. So I'm not even looking straight out into openness. I'm looking at a wall. I've got to jump off this with my wingsuit on and basically clear these two big ledges and jagged rocks. I don't know. You know, I've never done this exit. I'm by myself. There's nobody up there. It's just me responsible for my own life. And I'm breathing heavy. Next thing you know, my visor completely fogs up. And I'm not going to lie, I had to back up. I open my visor. I take a, I let a big breath ex- exhale out. And I take a couple steps back. And I'm, I'm scared. And I, I, at this point, I don't think I'm going to make the jump. Like I'm, I'm just scared. I'm looking for any excuse I can to not make this jump. And that's, that's the truth. And it's just me. And I'm just trying to overcome the fear of death. And there's nobody to talk to. There's nobody to check in with. The only person I can check in with is myself. And I'm asking myself, why am I even doing this? But if you want to know where I'm at or how I got here, we had just done this beautiful hike. It was about a two and a half hour hike and Sandra was with me and the dogs are with us. So we're walking through this beautiful trail. Uh, We had just drove, like, like I said, we had just drove from Romsdale to get up to this area. And my whole mindset for this next leg of the project was to do solo base jumps to be able to go find an exit you know trust my judgment do some rock drops and start training myself to be confident enough to open up new exits and luckily these weren't new people had jumped them before so you know i had my work cut out for me and sandra's with me hi sandra hello yes yeah it definitely was and wasn't just me actually we had the whole crew that had gone up on this hike even though I don't wingsuit base jump, I still enjoy to take the dogs up with you and to hike with you. And on this jump in particular, I was going to go up halfway with you on the hike. And then we were going to turn around. That way I could meet you at the landing. Right. Once you jumped. Right. That was the plan. Of course, things didn't quite go according to plan. So we're in Essefjord, I think is how you say it. Mm-hmm. I don't know how to say it, but we had been, uh, drove up here. And the whole point was that Sandra also was adding this level of stress because we were supposed to do the giveaway for who won the, um, what were they winning the helmet? It was definitely an eventful hike. It wasn't just hiking up with you. I would, actually, the plan was I was going to hike up halfway with you with the dogs, and then I was going to meet you down at the bottom. And I knew you were nervous, so I was trying to keep a positive attitude, but of course, I was a little nervous as well. It definitely didn't help when we got to the halfway mark, and I tried to leave with the dogs, and Guzel would not go with me. Yeah. She kept trying to break away to you. There was, I think, four times I had to 
take her. I put her on a leash and then she was crying and I'll take her off and she would try to run after you. So eventually I think I was able to drag her away from you. But every time she went to you too, you were like, you wouldn't even yell at her. You were just so happy that she had come to you. You're like, ha ha, daddy's girl. <laughs> she loves I you love more. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, if we're being honest again, I actually was trying to get you to keep walking further. I, I, secretly wanted you to walk to the exit with me. <laughs> you know, I, I know that you had to be down there that we were trying to do the giveaway. We had a video to make for the helmet giveaway that we were giving away. But I was like secretly in my head, like, well, I'm much more confident if Sandra's up there. If somebody's at the exit with me, then this is, I'm, I'm, I'll be okay. But it's interesting because you're saying that you're more confident if I'm up there, but I thought that I add a level of stress to you being there because yeah. you know that inside I'm nervous and inside like deep down, I don't really want you to jump. So I think it's better if you're there by yourself. Because well, are you saying why? Why don't you want me to jump? I don't understand. Well, because I, I mean, even though I've accepted you base jumping, there's a huge part of me, of course, that doesn't like you doing it because it is the most dangerous sport that we do, and it is the highest risk. And when you go base jump, it's not just you risking your life. When you go base jump, you're risking our future. You're risking my life as well. I have this vision, this goal of growing old together and having a long, long life and long relationship and full of happiness and doggies and dreams being reached. And every jump that you go on, you're essentially putting that in, in jeopardy. So, But can I, somebody have, that's, that's one way to look at it, but on the, the, would you want to be with somebody that wasn't fulfilling their dreams? That's something that was Of course not. And that's right. why I, it's, it's first step is acceptance, right? I accept that's part of your dream and what you want to do. And if I was trying to stop you, then I would be holding you back from your dream. What kind of partner would I be? But you kind of knew this. Like, so it's not like it's like new. Like I've been skydiving and wingsuiting for almost nine years. So you, when you met me 11 years ago, like you already knew that you were meeting somebody who had an aggressive, like wanting to do, I was our MMA fighter. And then I raced motocross and then I raced downhill. And I mean, I got broken a lot in all those different sports. So maybe some of that also, like, you know, that my track record also involves a lot of crashing. <laughs> and this is kind of the one sport that you can't really crash in. Like there's you have to be perfect. Room, there's They're very rude. little room for error. Which is zero, the, zero margin for error. Which is the reason why I don't wingsuit base jump because I need, I'm a little accident. We don't even base need, jump. You don't base jump. I don't base jump. I yeah. need a little bit of wiggle room for, for yeah. I need a little margin of error that if I mess something up, I can correct it. And you don't have that in wingsuit. In no, wing but, that, but that's why I like wingsuiting. It's mm -hmm. such a hyper focused, you know, sport that. You know, you're right. It's 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 like Formula One driving, or you know, when they're they're racing those bikes at 200 miles an hour on those mm -hmm. that island. It's a sport that requires you to 100% have your focus in the game. You know, and if you don't, if you make a mistake, if it's something you're not, you know, thinking about what you're packing mm -hmm. on the exit, you can mess up or during or you deployment, don't want to hike down. You don't want to hike down. down. Sucks. I mean, right. there's, there's so many variables and so many things that can go wrong. And every time that you go on a jump and you're facing your own fears of overcome, you're overcoming your own fears of death. At the same time, I'm going on my own journey of overcoming my fear of your death and the trajectory of my life that that would put it on. It's, right. I guess it's kind of like the movie Back to the Future, right? Where Buff goes back and he gives himself the almanac and it changes that one action changes the whole trajectory of the whole entire world. And the whole, remember, and Marty comes back and his mom is married. It changed everything. And based on, I mean, it could be that one jump that you went on that changed the trajectory of the rest of life to come back and then you're gone. Like his dad, right? Marty's dad was dead. So it's kind of how I, when you're going through your own things on base jumping, I'm going through my own as well. Yeah. So to bring it back, you know, so we split ways, obviously, you know, we more say, than halfway. 
More than halfway. Because you kept dragging me along with you. You're like, oh, yeah. right around the good turn, we'll turn back. So no, I turn back. But, I mean, you're my best friend. You're my partner. So obviously I have a self, you know, if you're not being negative and in your head, then it's obviously the best thing in the world is for you to be there with me. Yeah, you, of course. I love when you're, you yeah. know, when you're up there when I'm flying or launching. Of course, I like you there, even though, you know, half the time you're yelling at me because what I'm doing wrong. Yeah. Just well, kidding, not, not lately. I've been much better. Yeah. But, um, you know, so I, I understand that as well. I, would, I wouldn't want to be alone. But my fear as well of being up there, if you jumped and something did go wrong, I'm up there. Who knows if there's servers? What can I even do? It's better if I'm at the bottom and I can see what, you know, if you land somewhere and I, I'm, I'm able to help more being right. at the bottom. Ground so, crew. Ground crew. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. I can tell you what the winds are doing. So I left at this point and I'm hiking back after dragging Guzel with me and we actually go jogging towards the bottom. Yeah. But ultimately, you know, what's funny is like, even though you're at the exit with me, I'm still there by myself during the flight. Like that's kind of what wingsuit base jumping is like. Nobody can help you. There's no reserve. Like you have a pilot chute and this pilot chute, like let's not, you know, over exaggerate this, but this, this parachute, if you pack it correctly, it wants to open. Its purpose is to open. Its design mm -hmm. is to open. And I mean, yeah, there might be some malfunction. There might be something that wasn't packed correctly, but this parachute, it, as long as you're bridal and the little pilot chute that pulls out the big pilot chute, as long as all of that is really correct and you don't burble it and it doesn't wrap up around your legs and something like that happens, this, this canopy will open, but there's still, you know, you're by yourself and whatever problem arises, you have to deal with this by yourself. So I'm basically, I go on about another, I think it was like another hour and a half. I had to hype by myself. Mm -hmm. Um, and you know, that's like the, for me, that's kind of the worst part of the whole, the whole base jump, the worst and the best, you know, like that's where you go through the motions and that whole time, you know, you're asking yourself like, why am I doing this? You know, I've gone on hikes where I'm telling myself like, this is the last time, like I'm going to do this jump and then I'm never going to jump again. Like, this is it. I'm going to retire it. And I think I've said that a lot of jumps by myself. Like, this is it. Like, I don't even know why I'm doing this. But, I, you know, so you ask yourself, like, why? And it's something so deep inside of me like that I keep wanting to go back because there's I am afraid and it does scare me. But it, it requires me to focus so much and overcome uh, whatever adversity or problems are going on in my life. It's like almost at the same time healthy because it puts your entire world in perspective. So yes, well, the actual um, act of base jumping is not that impressive, you know, jumping off a mount with the wingsuit. To me, the 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 lead up to the base jump is what impresses me the most because you are alone with yourself in your head and no one is going to stop you from jumping. What, no matter the conditions of the weather, no matter the conditions of the exit, you have the ability to, to still jump. So the only person you're fighting for life and death is yourself. And on these hikes, you have to ask yourself, why am I doing this? Why am I putting myself in this situation? Why am I risking Sandra's life? You know, so it's, it's, it's very stressful that, that aspect of it. But then, like you said, comes a sense of acceptance, but I don't have that right now. I'm at the exit. Uh, you're not down there. I'm fully geared up. The weather is perfect. It's jumpable. This is now when I was looking for this exit, it took me almost 45 minutes to find this because I didn't have information where the actual exit was. And why was this jump so meaningful to you? Well, this is the first time that I had gone on a solo base jump. Every other base jump I've ever been on, I've kind of had this rule where I want to go with people more experienced with me, somebody to check the exit, somebody to learn from. But I had felt in my base jumping career, my wingsuiting career, that I had enough knowledge to know uh, what a safe altitude to exit was, the the rock, the terrain. But this this was important for me because it, it created a sense of independence. I'm taking my life into my own hands. I'm accountable for my decisions. Mm -hmm. No one is responsible for the outcome of my life but myself. So you didn't even really know exactly where the exit was. I had no idea where it was, to be honest. So I, I originally got to the wrong spot of the mountain and I'm 
looking around i'm crawling in the and I, it's like it's like chalcis rock now it's like a brown beautiful a bit of like granite limestone like mix it feels like 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 so at the very top there's boulders and like shelsa rock everywhere but the rock obviously the wall is very uh steep but some parts it was jagged and there would be like a, it looked like a cliff but then there was ledges below it so i've got to like take my backpack off and i'm like crawling on my hands and knees to the edges of these, like, you know, like, like just like barely looking over to see if it was a rock, if it was straight down, you know, and it took me a while. I had to do that 10, 15 times. I kept looking, I had to like walk to different vantage points. I'm trying to look down because I'm basically where I had arrived at the top of it was a, a valley and it's super, it's not that uh, tall, maybe four or 500 feet at the beginning of the valley. And then as it went down, it was like a, a big valley that opened up. And at the bottom where I was supposed to jump was about a, a six second rock drop, which is about 400 feet before you hit the ground, like 300 and something feet, right? So that we caught like a, it was like a six second. It was just on the verge of six seconds. But at the bottom of it, it was slightly positive, meaning that there was like ledges that were shooting out. So I had to get distance from this wall. And to the right of me, there was a bunch of ledges. So right now it's a headwind. It's perfect. I threw some grass so up in the air. So there wasn't really much room for error, what you're saying. There was zero room for error on this jump. Okay. You had it was game on. So it was a pretty intense first solo wingsuit base jump. Yeah, and 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 I, if I'm being honest, I, I was already kind of hoping that the weather like was windy when we got up there and it wasn't jumpable. Like I was scared. Like I I, I was scared. You know, like I love my life. I love this adventure. I love my dogs. I love you. I love everything that I do every day. And I'm telling you that there's not one base jump that's worth more than what I have. I'm not like risking my life for a base jump. I'm risking my life for the sense of freedom. To me, that is the ultimate freedom. When you can control your inner demons, when you can answer that question, why am I doing this? And still push forward through the pain, through the, the mental roadblocks. And you keep just, you know, tooth and nail, just dragging yourself to that point where you're ready to make that jump. In that moment, when you jump from the wall, you've just released all your demons, all your past, everything you've accepted. You, you know who you are. And now it's time to have some fun. And for the next 60 seconds, it's like driving the, the, the dopest thing in the world. There's no, I don't care if you're a Formula One driver. I don't care if you're racing motocross. I don't care what you do. I've done all of those things. Granted, not Formula One driver, but I've raced cars. I've raced motorcycles. I've done the craziest sports, but there is nothing in the world that compares to jumping off of a cliff with a wingsuit on and feeling your suit inflate with air and then starting to pull away from the wall and you feel this insane and you're all of a sudden it's like this, like you're just in this wind tunnel of, and, and you see the rocks next to you and see the trees and you get this ground rush and the ground is rushing up at you and you're starting to fly. And then all of a sudden you're like, like, you know, you're like, you know, all of a sudden you're flying like a bird. You're, you're defying what, what the one thing that man can't do is, is fly, you know, and, and you've created, you've got this wingsuit on that's allowing you to, to do this. And for the next 60 seconds, there's nothing else in the world that matters. You're so hyper-focused and then Everything changes because as you start to approach the time where you're flaring, you're basically building speed and you flare up into the sky to, to kill some of that speed and to get ready to deploy your, your base rig. That's the moment when your hand is out like a bird flying and then you have to take your hand, you reach back to where that little handle is and you have to grab that. First thing is you hope that you can grab it. The first thing is, okay, I've got it in my hand. The second thing that goes through your head is I've got to throw this thing away from my body. Like it's a grenade and I want to get it away. It's got seconds to explode and I've got to get rid of it. So I grab this handle and I throw it from my body as hard as I can. And then there's a delay. There's this pause. Okay. Because what has to happen is that little canopy, that little parachute, 
it has about nine feet of bridle like webbing and you throw that away from your body and it's got like netting at the bottom of it so as this little canopy it, it, it starts to inflate it starts to put pressure and tension on this bridle which has two pins on your wing and there's a, a second there it feels like an hour it feels like the scariest moment of your life because you're like dear god dear baby jesus please open and the second you you can't feel it like there's a moment where you don't feel anything all you've done you've got that grenade You've thrown it from you and you're hoping. Yeah. And you're like, Oh God. And you're waiting for that grenade to explode and you don't hear anything from it. You're like, Oh no. Oh no. It was a dud. And then all of a sudden, boom, the canopy opens and you feel your body start to get pulled back and the canopy coming out. And then once the canopy is opening, you're like, you're like, please be a good canopy. But you, you know, you can feel it pretty good. You hope that your body isn't twisted up, that you're not, you know, like a line over the canopy causing you to downward spiral into the earth and die. You're hoping you just have a nice canopy. It's flying level over your head. And then, you know, at that point, you know, you know, you're going to live. Now, this happens every wingsuit jump. <laughs> That's pretty intense. <laughs> That's a good synopsis of what wingsuit base jumping is like. Yeah. No, it's like that. <laughs> It's like that. So you've got to take this time where, you know, on the hike, you deal with this. Like when you're in the car driving there, it doesn't matter. None of this matters. Like you can, you can bullshit yourself, you know, like you can bullshit your emotions. You can bullshit your feelings. You can bullshit all of those different things. <laughs> right. But when it's time to get down with it and to get through it, it's like going to war. There's somebody shooting back at you and you have to decide whether you're going to run from the bullets or you're going to, you're going to keep pushing forward. And that's kind of a good scenario. Like when you're in a gunfight, you know, you see these people, uh, the reason, you know, like in a gunfight, you lean forward because in a gunfight, you're going to take hits. You're going to get shot. So with wingsuiting, you know, so you lean forward so that when you take that hit, you're not stepping back. So you don't get knocked over backwards. So even in a gunfight, you're, you know, you're in a, a, a offensive position and at the same time, a defensive, if you're wearing a vest or not wearing a vest, you know, that there's a likelihood you're going to get hit. So you lean forward into the bullet to take it so that when you get hit, you can keep moving forward and keep shooting to kill your enemy. Wingsuiting is saying the same, same kind of concept, right? You're always moving forward. You're always moving forward to tackle that monster, tackle that beast, that thing that wants to kill you. You have to take it on head on. And there's no, there's no turning back. It's you versus this monster. And the outcome is decided by if whether you can, you know, contain and overcome that beast. So I'm standing up there. I'm geared up. You know, Sandra's on her way down to the bottom. I know this, but I'm standing. I'm, I'm like, the weather is perfect right now. I threw some grass off and the, the, literally the grass had come up in the air, which means it was anabatic, which means the wind was coming straight at me. Like it was the perfect time to jump. And that was when I walked up to the edge and all of those things that I had just stressed myself. And you know, I remember the human mind per hour thinks like two to 3000 thoughts. Like it's a crazy how many things we think. So imagine how many thoughts are going through my head in an adrenaline intense moment like this, right? So I get to the edge. I put my visor down. I'm getting ready to jump. And that's when it just like hit me in that chest. Like, Whoa! nope, not ready yet. And like my, my, my glass on my helmet fogged up and I had to take a breath. And, and, and I was able to put my visor up and it's like a moment to reset. And I have video of all of this, right? Like, I'm like, nope, not yet. And I took a step back and I, and I scared myself. And I was at that moment, I, if I'm being 100% honest with myself, I was scared and I was scared to make this jump. And those demons at that moment had beat me, you know, and that's the truth. I got beat those monster, that beast, it, it, it got the better of me and I was ready to give up and I was ready to turn around. So I, I back up from the edge and that's when we go into the, you know, I, I was like, okay, I'm going to do the giveaway. I have some moment. I'm going to take a breath. So I take the camera out. I do the, the announcement for the giveaway. We're giving away a cookie G4 helmet at the time. I've got to find out the winner. I have a huge list of numbers. I put it into this auto, um, 
generator thing that I put the number that Sandra gave me. I get the, I get the person, uh, the number who won. And my job is when I land, I'm supposed to give that number to Sandra and she's going to tell us who won based off of her Excel spreadsheet, right? So I'm waiting and it takes about another, so I do the recording and then it takes like, okay, Sandra's like, okay, I'm almost there. So I'm recording. I'm like, okay, I'll wait for Sandra to get to the bottom. And now I've geared up. I'm ready. I'm like, you know, uh, something happened along the way. I took a breath. I, I, I talked to myself and I was ready to, to do it. So I put my helmet back on. I'm gearing up towards the edge. Sandra's at the bottom. We're texting each other. Like, what are the winds doing? I'm asking all these different things. And I get to the edge. I'm getting ready to jump. And all of a sudden, this nasty wind from the side hits my body. Like a strong gust of wind hits me from my left side coming from the mountainside up that valley. Oh, no. From the wrong side. From the wrong side. A strong wind. A strong wind. So all of a sudden, what was a perfect opportunity to jump and I got scared back down from it, overcome that fear, overcame that monster. Now I'm like, okay, I'm ready to take you on. And all of a sudden I just get hit with this wind from the side of my body, the left side. Like you don't want a, you know, a side wind here. And I'm, you know, there's, remember there's rocks, there's jagged rocks below me, uh, to the right, you know, and I don't want to get pushed into those. Right. Mm-hmm. Like think about when you're throwing a piece of paper off of a, uh, uh, off of a desk or whatever, or even take your think about when your hand is outside of the car window and you've got your hand and it's straight that you're penetrating the air. Right. But think about it when you turn your hand to the side and the wind hits you from the side, it turns your hand, it pivots your hand. Well, that's mm-hmm. the same thing that happens in a wingsuit. But it would pivot you right into those rocks. Which yeah. would kill you. It, it would kill me. Right. So I'm going through this in my head and I'm at the bottom at this point and you're texting me. How's the wind? Right. And I'm looking around. All the tops of the trees are moving. The grass is swaying. Exactly. And I'm like, I'm noticing that it's not good. And I kind of have this moment of like, OK, should I tell him it's not good because I don't want to come off negative? Maybe it's OK. And I'm just being a pussy, but I'm pretty sure it's not good. So I'm kind of going through my own internal battles and I don't want to tell you, like, I think you should just go because what if you died because of it? And it was my, and the last thing I said to you was, what if you go? I also don't want to tell you, I don't think you should go because then if you do go and want to go and it's fine up there, I'm putting something in your head. So I'm kind of in this awkward, like, what should I say? And I say, I think it's a little strong, but I mean, it could be okay. Yeah. You know, do what you think is, I think I told you to do what you think is the right decision. Yeah. So at this point, I basically am up there for, you know, I'm like, okay, well, I just got hit with some wind and it was pretty strong. Give me a second. Let me see what the wind does. I got, you know, it's a little bit of a crosswind right now. And I took a step back and I, I sat there and I was like, I'm just going to wait for, to see if there's a gust. But the wind actually kept progressively getting stronger, mm-hmm. you know, and it was hitting me from the side. It was hitting me from the side. But I want to go at this point. Like, so I've overcome that monster. I've overcome that demon. I'm ready to go. And now, all of a sudden these winds are stopping me from going. Right. And I still could have went like it. I would say that it wasn't probably in the beginning. It wasn't strong enough to really have, but it was enough for me to question it. And now remember this is my first time doing a solo wingsuit jump on an exit that I'm not familiar with, with a pretty intense, you know, game on moment that I could hit some rocks below me. And I'm, I'm, I want it to be perfect. You know, it's, I don't want to die just because I, you know, I, really what happens is I think, you know, a lot of people don't want to hike down, you know, it was a three hour hike down after three and a half hours up, you know, so you got that in your head, but so I'm waiting and I'm waiting. I'm like, I'm going to wait 10, 15 minutes. I go, I'm still wearing my wingsuit. I'm still wearing it. Everything. I take my helmet off and I go sit down and the winds are just like getting stronger and stronger. And I have video photos of my hair, just like straight up crazy. Like I looked like a crazy man, like, you know, uh, doc from back to the future. Like my hair is standing straight out as the wind was hitting me. And every couple of minutes I walk back to the edge, I throw some stuff over it and I can see that there's a good amount of wind. So I think it was about 45 minutes to an hour. I sat up there and I, I just made the call. I'm like, this isn't what I want. You know, I want my first time doing this to be a success 
And I'm going to, I think I messaged you and I'm like, I'm hiking down, you know, what, I mean, what's that like for you when you hear I'm hiking down? Is that like a, I mean, for me, it's a, it's a huge weight off my chest. Like I'm, I know no matter what I'm going to live and I'm going to live today. I mean, it's definitely, there's, there's conflicting feelings. There's a sense of relief. Like, oh, okay, thank God. Like, he's no matter what, he's going to be okay. He's not going to die on the hike down. But at the same time, I know how meaningful that jump was for you. And I know how much you wanted it and how you would have felt once you landed. So at the same time, I feel sad because I know you're going to be disappointed. So it's such opposite feelings that are occurring at the same time. There's this huge stigma about walking down from a, a base jump or turning back, you know, when the weather, the conditions might not be perfect. You know, you feel like other people would have done it or if there was somebody else out there, would you have done it? You know, and it makes you feel like a pussy. So when we get down to the bottom, like we don't even want to tell people or we'd rather just jump in and then be like, oh, it was a super shitty flight. But, you know, like that's that's also not good in itself because, you know, you, it is like a race. It's like something beautiful that you're doing. And if, if the weather and conditions aren't great, then... You know, like it's like, look, when I speed fly, I'll go in less than perfect conditions, right? Because there's a wing over my head. I have a false sense of security or if I'm paragliding, whatever it is, I have a reserve, whatever it is. But this is the one sport that I don't fuck with. Like, this is the one thing like I'm not, if I don't know, you know, the, the, um, the conditions and I don't know if I'm going to be okay, then I don't want to do it. Right. So I run down. And I get to the bottom and, you know, it was, it was, it was an interesting day. You know, like, it's nice to see you give a hug and a kiss. I see the doggies and I, and I ran, I made an effort out of it, you know, and I made myself pay for it. My shins were a little sore from running down. Well, you didn't pay for it too bad because previously a few weeks before we had been talking about walking down with Lee Hart, which is one of our speed flying buddies. And he said that every time he walks down, he treats himself to ice cream. There's a rule. Yeah. In the mm-hmm. speed flight community in Norway, that if they walk down from a, from a flight that they get ice cream. I mean, they have really good ice oh, cream. Oh, they do have really good ice Best cream in ice Norway. Cream in the world, I yeah, think, is in yeah, Norway. But yeah. the sprinkles, ugh. So you didn't treat yourself too bad because afterwards, when you got back down, I remember one of the first things you said was, well, I'm ready for my ice cream. <laughs> I'm ready for my ice cream. That's what, I mean, I just hiked for six hours, you know, and overcame, you know, it's so like the hiking is one thing, but it's so emotionally exhausting to be in the position where you're questioning your, why are you doing something? Why am I doing this? And to, and to have to confront that, to deal with it, to overcome it, to submit, I submitted at one point, you know, at one point I submitted to my fears, you know, I, I had given up, I wasn't going to do it. I was looking for a way out for an excuse. Mm-hmm. And then to, 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 to take a breath and to overcome that and come back and say, fuck you, motherfucker. I'm doing this. You're not stopping me. I'm reaching a dream. It's exhausting. Like that's a lot of emotions going on. And it's a lot for anybody. And I'm a, I, I think I'm a tough guy. You know, you don't, I think I'm a pretty tough guy. Like I've done some stuff in my life and I just so humbling of an experience to, to be able to, to, to be fortunate, to be able to feel that, to, to be, do something in life that makes me question why am I doing something? So you would essentially overcome the fear of death. And in that moment, once you had overcome it, then you were faced with another obstacle of the wind just smacking you in the face saying, sit down. Sit down. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And what's interesting is, is that weeks later or a week later, not, not even a week, like a couple of days later, we actually met with up with some other friends who uh, do wingsuit. And I had met somebody that had uh, wingsuit from that exit. And I found out that another wingsuiter in the exact same wind conditions had jumped from there and died and hit that hit those rocks that I was afraid of. I didn't know this and I didn't know anybody that jumped it. I didn't know anything about this exit, but it was interesting. It was, it was such a, a relief, like the universe, like I trusted my, I made a decision to, to walk away and to find out that somebody else in the exact 
same situation with the winds coming from uh, the wall like they were and probably the same strength had made the decision to jump and he had died. And I almost made the same decision, right? I was in the same situation, but I made the decision to walk away and I lived. He made the decision to jump and he died. So the decision to walk away, obviously I'm going to live to fight another day. And that's kind of the thing. It's better to be on the ground wishing you were flying than in the air wishing you were on the ground. You guys, I think that that's enough for one episode. That's the raw down dirty truth. You know, no matter what you see as tattoo guy or I'm you know crazy or you think I'm doing these like this is real for me and I love my life. I love my wife. I love my doggies <laughs> and I love the adventure that I'm on. And it's such a great journey that you understand that all of this goes through my head into the decisions I make when I do a stunt or a sport or something like that. I don't want you to think that I'm reckless and maybe that's a little bit of justification to you guys of why I'm doing it. Maybe it's justification to myself or to Sandra sitting across the table from me, but that's how I really feel about wingsuit base jumping. Okay. Next week, we're going to get into the final part of the story. We get to another mountain, but weather, everything's trying to stop us. We're getting kicked out of campgrounds. Uh, there's a huge storm coming, but I found another exit that I wanted to do. Redemption. Redemption jump. And we'll get into that next week. If you're enjoying this episode, then why not click subscribe, leave us a five-star review on Apple and follow our journey live on Instagram and Facebook, or even just tell a friend. Every little action helps so much and is hugely appreciated. Don't forget that if you want to get more Captain Manicorn, unlock secret content, and get exclusive access to become a monthly sponsor, because there's so much more to everything we talk about, and we really just share the nitty-gritty details with our monthly sponsors. So click the link in the resources and become one today. Thank you, guys, and thank you to all the monthly sponsors that we do have. Uh, You guys are what make this whole thing move along and keep us going, keep us on the road, and allow us the opportunity to really dive into who we are and what we are in the world. Thank you for your support, and I hope you guys enjoyed episode 11 of Adventures of Captain Manicorn. Until Until next week, week, stay safe, stay alive, and do rad shit, my friends. This is your captain, signing off.